Amen. All right. Um, God bless us once again. Happy New Year to everybody once again. For the ones who really hear my other, you know, short podcast that I've been making. Um, and this is the first time you're hearing me speaking this year. I want to say a very, very beautiful Happy New Year to you and your family. Oh, your life's and your family's life and every endeavor to do in this new year is prosperous for you. You are glory filled in your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, beautiful people. Thank you for listening once again. God bless you. Feel good. Now, today we're going to be looking at something. Something a little bit familiar. I've actually spoke about something related to this, but we'll be looking at it from a different perspective today. I like to turn the Bible to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 6. Hold on, please. Matthew chapter 6. Alright. Now, um, I'd like us to... I'd like us to be reading from verse 30. I'd like us to be reading from verse 30. I'd rather say we should start from verse 25. But, you know what? Let, let's, let's just read from verse 25. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25. I like, let me show you something right now. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thoughts for your life, what you should eat or what you should drink. No year for your body, what you should put on. Is not a life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they neither sow not, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the burns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? Which of you, by taking thoughts, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thoughts for raiment? Consider the ladies of the valley, of the field. How they grow, they toe not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore take no thoughts, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or where we dare shall we be clothed? Verse 32. For after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that he had needs of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now listen to what he now said, what Jesus now said in the verse 34. He says, Take therefore no thoughts for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That is a very strong word. It's very strong. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Alright, this morning we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about contentment. Contentment in the race of Christendom. Contentment in the race of Christendom. Over the period of last year, I heard somebody ask me a question sometime, but I don't really go into it because I don't really think it to be very important to discuss. Um, I think the person said, he says, how can we be Christians? You know, and the Bible says we shouldn't worry about what we should eat and what we should drink and how we should be clothed. 
and you know how we should have a supply but we don't have them so how is it that we are supposed to you know be contented and i just looked in our life i don't really think i answered anything to it because i don't really think the question was even sensible but now i come to understand it you see now after jesus had told the people this after he had told the people this now this was when he was teaching the people of different things when he got up and instead teaching the people of stuff there you know was to be stuff that are the most important right now stuff that you know they're going to be following you know giving away the laws and the patterns of the law this was what he now said to them sufficient of the day sufficient unto the day is the evil there oh i don't have enough to eat for today jesus was saying this is the evil this is the evil Oh, I don't have enough clothes to wear. Oh, I don't have enough food to eat tomorrow. Oh, I don't have enough this to have. I don't have enough that stuff to be. He was saying this is the evil. But why would he be calling it evil if we're planning on stuff that is going to benefit us as children of God? If you remember me reading this, if you remember me reading the scripture, you're very tentative. You remember that I said that he says. That your heavenly Father knows of these things. He knows that you want them. He knows that you have need for them. But he said, "Advert your eyes from it and seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness." Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all of these things should be attracted to you. And he went further to say, "These are the things that the Gentiles, those people who..." Oh, you know, far away from the renown of the fold of Christ. You know, he was actually speaking. Excuse me. Now he was speaking to the children of Israel right now. Okay? You know, there is something I'd like to tell people. You see, Jesus didn't have the good fortune to, you know, to spread the gospel to people who were not Gentile, who were not, you know, Israelites, who were not of the forward of the Israelite he never had a good fortune to speak to them he only preached the gospel to them that were Israelites and the reason he did that because he had not died yet he had not died yet but when he died he now gave the mandate unto his disciples and told them you know now you can go to any part of the world you want You could preach the gospel to anybody you want. The gospel now has a free housing for everybody to receive it. All right, but that isn't what I wanted to that isn't what we're talking about. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Sufficient unto the day is the evil there. Now, let me show you what, let me show you something. There is something that Timothy said, and Paul said to Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. I'd like you to turn your eyes to the verse 6-7. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Knock out the word great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us, let us be 
Therefore, or there we contend. Now listen to what Paul told Timothy in the verse 9. He says, But they that will be rich will fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Hold it back. Hold it. Hold. Come down. Relax. Relax. Right. Which drown men into destruction and perdition. This was Paul was telling Timothy. When Jesus told the people, he told the Israelites. Now, when Jesus was talking to the Israelites, he couldn't talk to the Gentiles too. But after he died, Paul was now telling Timothy, this is what you should tell the people. See, but godliness with contentment. Now, listen, let me tell something to you. See, the ideology of faith is not that I have it all. I can see what I have, so I am confident in what I have. No, the ideology of faith is that yes, I am certain I have it. And the proof is my faith. Oh God has provided for me, so I don't have no problems, I don't have any worries, I don't have any issues to be running my mind, and I don't need to even see anything. Well, I know is that God has provided for me, and that is what I'm standing with. I don't need to walk away from this. When Jesus was talking about it, he says, sufficient for the day is it. This is it is the evil. It is it. This is it. It is it. So what leads us to all of the wrongs? Jesus was saying that it is a sufficient of the day. What we need to have. Oh, um, I'll have enough food to eat tomorrow. So, in other words, I begin to be worried. And as I'm worried, my mind is not focused. As I'm worried, oh, what should I eat? And we are reading the Bible. And God is saying, don't worry, I am capable. And we are saying, oh, I'm a Christian. I have the life of God inside of me. Oh, I believe in the living God. You believe in the living God, but yet you don't believe that he has the might to provide for you. It is amazing how people think. When you're in problems, they shout, God, Jesus, help me. Come and fight for me. But when God is saying, it's okay, I could provide for you. I have to worry about anything. And they're going to say, no, you're providing skills and right. I need to worry about what I will eat. After Jesus has said, sufficient for the day is, this is it is the evil. Paul came down and was telling Timothy after he wrote the letter to Timothy. He now said, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It is a great gain. There is a gain of it. There is enormous contentment in godliness. Oh, I had God, so I am contented. It doesn't mean you don't have to work anymore. It doesn't mean you don't have to aim to be better anymore. All right, hold it. You see, faith is not a respecter of what is. Everybody can think you to be the most wretched person in the block. But faith says, no, you were not. Faith saying you are a very wealthy human being. Let me diverse a little bit to something 
something else just burdened me. Let me tell you something. He said, a household of faith differentiates you from every other thing else. Every other thing else. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. As a man thinketh in his heart. So he is. So the things you hold down. You don't have the ability to think it means you are no ambition in anything about yourself. But I like to hold it the way Paul did put it when he was talking to Timothy in his letter. You listen to what he said? Vistel. He said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we breath nothing into this world, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there we content. But they the, will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some converted after, and have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When Jesus was talking about this, he was trying to tell the people you had to have confidence that God is able. He spoke it out. You see, when Jesus began to admonish the people, like I told us at the earlier point, he had the good fortune to speak to the Gentiles. He only spoke to the children of Israel because he ain't died yet. Now when he died, he now told the disciples that you could go out and you could talk to every, every manner of people. It doesn't really matter the race. It doesn't really matter the color. It doesn't really matter what they speak. You have the unction to talk to every one of them. But the fact that he died, but he had the good fortune to do that. He only had to stick with the household of the children of Israel. Now he was telling the people. When he began the ministry according to the gospel of John, according to the gospel of Matthew. He dealt with them. So why is it you worry? Why is it your concern? Why is it that you err down? You press down. Faith is a house of its own. It is a functioning power of a certain group of people, an amount of people. You see, I don't tell you what I don't know. I tell you what I know. I tell you what I was told. I tell you what is the truth. It is a house of a certain group of people. The Bible says when the Son of Man shall come, shall he find faith on the earth. Yeah, when I was talking about that, I had to ask, I was going to come back looking for faith. The idea I had was that he's going to come back looking for those who are going to those who are believe. Come back looking for the believers. He's going to come back looking for those who are obedient. He's going to come back looking for, you know, those that actually are righteous. But the Bible says, when the Son of Man shall come, shall he find faith on the earth. In other words, faith is an identity of those people. Which people? The believers.
The believers. Now somebody is afterwards going to ask me, is it a God's and want us to be rich? Is it God's and want us to be prosperous? Man, tell them, no, you're getting the wrong idea. Come on, God is rich. And I'm going to tell you this, and there's a truth. Jesus Christ was rich, even while he was on the earth. He never lacked for anything. But the question is how? How? Contented man. He was contented. Remember the story of the 5,000 men? The Bible said the people of food and the, the, the Bible made us wonder. They had been worried by the journey. They had been with him for a long time. Even Jesus recognized it. He knew these people were tired. If I send them away, they're not going to get to the next town. Some of them are going to faint on the way. So God is a sapper. But the disciples said to him, he said, send these people away so they can find something to eat. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, you give them something to eat. And the disciples laughed and said, that is going to be so much money to feed all of these people. Jesus looked at them and said, what do you have? Content him in. What do you have? And they said, oh, we only have five loaves. Five loaves and two fishes. Jesus said, tell them to sit down. And they sat down. And the Bible said he gave thanks to God. He was not only content, but he had faith. And contentedness with faith brings a massness of supply. So it's not that God doesn't want you to be rich. Wealth is yours. Prosperity is yours. I didn't say you were going to have it. I said it's yours. Some time ago, many years ago, I was telling people, see, the devil doesn't give you wealth. When most people think the devil, you know, I could go do some ritual, I'm going to get money and become so rich. And I'm, back then, I would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. I think this was early 2015. 2015, yes. I was laughing, laughing, laughing. This stuff just sounded so funny. And I told the people, I said, see, the devil doesn't give you wealth. He does not. And somebody asked me, what you mean? That all of those people who do rituals and all of those things, how come they get the money and tell them, relax. I will explain it to you. This is the prosperity God gave to you as a seed of his own. Let me tell you where this works. So when you go to, you know, a heavenly store, uh, a Jew, uh, a native doctor to work out some incantations for you to get money to be rich. This is what he does. What binds you to the prosperity of God is the blood of Jesus. And it is very effectual. And Jesus did and said, okay, no other blood is needed. So this is what the native doctor is going to do. It's going to sacrifice another blood. And it's going to sacrifice it on your head. In other words, breaking you away from the supreme blood that was, you know, housing you as a protection of yourself, you know, to get something God had envisioned or had 
place in you. So when you're broken out of it, the devil now rigmaroles his way and gets you the prosperity that God had kept for you inside of you. This is your own success. The devil gets it for you and you begin to enjoy it. You begin to flow it and say, oh, I have so much money. I have so much money. And you know, you're enjoying and you're enjoying and you're enjoying. It's not going to take long because you've already given him authorization into the parts of yourself. And then when I spoke that way, the person now asked me, he said, if that is it, why is it to continue in giving sacrifices for the ones who do human sacrifice? And I told myself, when your success, you know, the prosperity you are bound to have had runs out because you did not work for it. Because when God did put that in you, he put it in you to get it when you work for it. So the works of your hands is blessed to get something. But you ain't work for this stuff. So at a point, it's going to run out. So what you do is you renew it by taking another person's own. You continue with it, not like you're extending your life. You've run out of your prosperity. You continue with it and continue with it and continue with it. Sacrificing people and taking the prosperity God and placing devil doesn't have money to give to you he does not and I'm not going to say this little by no I'm not going to say this though I don't know he doesn't the concept of having prosperity is what God has placed in the life of everybody you need place it it's a choice it's in you all right but that isn't what I'm talking about this morning. Continuing man, increasing them. I have this content. I'm not envious of what you have. I don't want what you have. It's, it's good. It's beautiful. But I don't want them. I'm contented. Nothing's wrong. It's nice. But I don't want them. Because I am contented. I have everything you can imagine. And you won't ask me how. Oh, I have God in my life. Let me show you there is something. Now, what I just said now, explaining, you know, how people think, oh, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I must be rich. This year, I must have, I must drive a car. I, you know, I must, I must get a Dodge Challenger. I must have a social car. Let me show you the way Paul told Timothy this stuff works. All right. Let us read. Let us read verse uh, 9. 1 Timothy chapter 6 from verse 9. He says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. You holding that? Which drown men in destruction and perdition. Maybe I'm a plumber. Maybe I'm a carpenter. 
and everybody around me, you know, as who were carpenters when we started, had left the, the field and they're doing something else. That is not right, and they're making money. And they come back to them, oh God, what are you waiting for? Come on, join us, we're going to show you the way. You can't have as much money as we have. You look at it. You know you're doing okay yourself. You know you're prospering. You know you have success. You see the way Paul did tell Timothy, he said, they that will be rich. They that will be rich. That will be rich. In other words, what he was saying is, they that struggle, you know, do everything to be rich. Doesn't really matter what I do. Man, I just have to be rich. Doesn't really matter who dies. I just have to be rich. When I was in the university, I used to have this guy, a friend. He told me one day, he said, yeah, Peter, I was like, yo, what's up? He said, God, if I don't make money in this life, people could die. I turned and looked at him now. I almost laughed and I said, what's in this one, he told? What do you mean? He was like, I tell you, if I don't make money for this life, Jolly Van, people could die. He already had the conviction in the home. He wants to be rich. This is a loss that Paul was talking about. Jesus started by saying, you know, sufficient for the day, it is the evil. When Paul told Timothy, says godliness we condemn in his great gain. And that is what I'm stretching forward to you today. The endeavor you're doing, what you find yourself doing, there is a prosperity to God that cares for you. The type that once you hit it, once you hit it, oh God, nobody has to tell you, you know this is God's prosperity. Nobody has to play you a rhythm, you know. Man, this song right now, this song right here, this is something that's ordained from the supernatural. It is left for you. The choice is a man, you see. I'm not going to stand and try to tell you I don't really understand what you know is going on. Paul said, I know what it means to be in want. I know what it means to be hungry. I know what it means to have plenty. I know what it means, you know, to be wretched. I have an idea of being shipwrecked. I know what all of these things mean. And when you finish naming them, you now proclaim the faith, but I can do all things. I can have all things through Christ strengthening me. This is my contentedness in the faith. What is yours? See, I find it to be a clown's joke that people do some very funny stuff to get stuff that were made by other people. Because people think that stuff's flashy, you know, they just do it so they look cool. Ah, but the Chima, but, but he just bought the Range Rover. 
2022. Damn it, the car looks nice. What comes to your mind is I had, I just had to have one too. You're only thinking about yourself. Now most people are going to go through this podcast and they're going to think that I'm talking about them being poor. Listen, I'm not telling you to be poor. I'm not preaching. I, I never said anything about being poor. I never said anything about being poor. In fact, there is no place in the Bible where God said poverty is good. He never said that. He didn't. It didn't. You know what Paul said? He said, this is a religion that God accepts. That you take care of the poor. You take care of the, you know, the widows. You take care of those who are in, in um, the orphans. He said, this is a religion that God accepts. So how are you going to take care of it if you are poor? Paul says, God accepts it. So if you're going to take care of these people, you don't have to be poor. If God accepted you, you just support poverty. So I'm not saying you should be poor. I'm not telling you to be poor. No. And you just contenting me. It's contentedness. It's contentment. In a race of Christian now. You have to be contented. That's how you get the goal. Be focused. Jesus was focused. He encountered the people who were present when he fed the 5,000 and when he fed the 4,000. He encountered the numbers. He wasn't really disturbed about the sun. What he knew, what he saw was the ability of God to do it. As Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that's strengthening me. Oh, I don't have to do any wrong. I can buy the car. I don't have to do any wrong. I can get a house. I don't have to do any wrong. I could travel at ease. And somebody says, how? Well, I could do more through Christ. It's strengthening me. This is contentment. It's a faith I want us to have in our lives. I started this year by telling this a proclamation for the years that everybody who listens to my podcast, I told for the ones who don't really hear me when I said it before, I said in the year 2022, be mindful of your friends, the people standing around you, the ones you are togetherness with them, the ones you roll with, the people you say, oh, I love this guy, I love this lady, be mindful of them, be careful. That's what I said. This is all. But around some of everything I just said right now, you can't have contentment. You can't have contentment. You see the way that Paul put it when he was talking to Timothy in the verse 6. First Timothy 6, chapter 6. It says, Godliness with contentment is of great gain. So you can't get this contentment, this kind of 
can kill me if you don't have God in you. He didn't study with contentment with God. He said, God, leanness. We contentment. So God comes with it. And you have contentment. So it's a contentment of God that you have. So you don't have God in your life. And you're far from what I'm saying right now. This is an opportunity for you to embrace this truth. It's an opportunity for you now to come to the fold of God. This is a supply house of God, whatever it is that you can imagine in your mind. You see that God is able and the ability is given to you. You see, Paul didn't say, I could do all things through Christ that provides all things for me. No, he says, I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So I had the strength of God. I had the strength of God. I could get a house. I could get a car. I could buy anything. I could achieve anything. I could stand anywhere. He's training me. This is a word that I'm saying for to you today. But this is a strength you have to have in you. If you don't have the strength, then you can't get it. I'm really sorry, but this is the truth. There's an opportunity now for you to surrender. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knocking. If any man can hear my voice, according to how he said it. He went farther again to another place and he says, come buy food without money. Are you hungry? Come buy food without money. Are you thirsty? Come buy water without money. The essence and the meaning of this is simple. He had already paid the price. It's there for you to come get it. Search your heart because it's standing at the door of your heart knocking right now. If you hear your voice, there's an opportunity for you to give your life to Christ. A joke is what you place before yourself, not what you imagine yourself to be. But everything about God is never a joke. It is the truth of the gospel. So right where you are right now, about to make the biggest impact of your life, once you open your hearts, close your eyes, say, Lord Jesus, accept you into my life. To be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross of Calvary. To wash away my sins. To cleanse me from my sins. You resurrected with victory for me. Thank you Lord. Behold. I am born again. If you pray the prayers. I want you to know that. God heard you welcome the family of God, the fold of God. And I want to tell you the gospel of God is true and is real. And uh, God is working out miracles for you in your life. Has received a new impact. This is a grace that is was spread. And never even for once is there a flaw found in it. Having the God did say he did manifest it even out in the life of his people. There's some Jesus Christ did manifest. He didn't have the good fortune to do it, but he told us as apple, he says, this is the truth. This is the truth you spreading. So I'd like to pray for you right now. 
Father, thank you for those ones who received your word this hour. Thank you for the ability your word had to go inside of their life. This is your word. And it always manifests that which you were sent forth to. The word is fruitful in the life of your people. It becomes, it makes them to be fruitful. It doesn't depart because the word always goes with a testifier. Your spirit. Strengthen these ones by your word. Your word is true. There is people now. Amongst them, anybody who's sick, the sickness is gone. Amen. And they're going through pains and floors. The pains and floors are gone. Amen. As the person that gave his life to Christ in a wheelchair, I speak strength to his legs right now. Amen. Whatever it is they're going through, I decree that it is destroyed. Amen. Their body, their life has received a transformation right this very moment. And everything about them has received a new torture God in it. And they have been cleansed from their blood. They're cleansed from their body. Every part of their life has received a touch. And you pure. Thank you, Father. You are great. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for viewing my podcast on all the platforms. Thank you for all the questions that y'all sent in. I'm grateful and I say God bless you. I remain evangelist Peter. God bless you once again. I love you. Happy